Hey everyone, and welcome to Project Esports presented by Popped Off. As always, I am your host, Andrew Nimsgern, alongside James Graham and Dylan Beal. How are you guys doing today? I'm going to try and work my way through using Bush Talk this time, and we're going to see how today today goes because I don't I can't see it going. I'm doing good. I want to talk about some some video games. I'm ready. Some video games. Well, yeah. we will be talking about a lot of that because on the docket today we have Tetris 99. A player being signed for that, so even more Tetris Esports, a third time in four weeks. We're talking about the evil lineup and what's missing, not actually what's there. We're talking about the IEM Championship and more. But before that, this is Project Esports, a weekly esports talk show that goes over the big topics, discussions, opinions, whatever we feel like talking about. We're here each and every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash popped underscore off. But with that, let's get into the news, and I'm going to be handing it off right to Dylan to talk about that Tetris 99, and probably one of my favorite signing videos ever. I'm super hyped about this, because for the past couple weeks, I've been telling you boys, Tetris 99 is where it's at. It's hype. It's awesome. Boom Tetris. And so the big news was that uh, Space Station Gaming um, picked up a Tetris 99 player. So I'm going to butcher his name, but it's... um, Wobbles. Wombotize. 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 Because it's like it's wombo time. So that's kind of yeah. where I got and that so from. The, the, the video for it, please go out and look at it. It's uh, They posted to at uh, Space Station GG. It's hilarious. It's really funny. It's like a handcraft like Tetris thing. And of course, like uh, the co- like the Tetris company like like uh, added them was like, oh, this is so this is amazing. Um, but it's really cool because not only that, but then they go into a Tetris 99 montage. Yes. Oh my god, it's, it's so good. It reminds you of like one of those kind of meme videos, right? especially like with Fortnite and stuff like that, when people would do edits over top and all that. Exact same format. They've been doing it for years. Fortnite is just kind of the most popular one right now that's been doing them. But those are my favorite kind of videos. And I've watched it four times now, five the times. MLG, and it's a, like, it's a Tetris 99 video. Yeah, just like the MLG like montage meme. It's really good, though. Um, very well done. And it's uh, exciting because, like, he's it's Tetris 99. And so his big gimmick is, um, if you've ever watched Tetris, um, you'll know he uh, has, like, the, I think he has the two, he just uses the two Joy-Con controllers. Yeah, that's how all, yeah, I, that's how most people ones. do it. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think a lot of people do use a Pro Controller, too. Um, it all depends. People do different things. Um, I think his reasoning is that it's, the way that he he positions his hand is the closest to keyboard, which a lot of Tetris players play on keyboard because they play like uh like some some of the online versions or whatever um, before they actually move to this, um and it's closest to just like uh, the the NES controller for Tetris yeah. Classic, which is a lot of them came from that. Um, but I hope other people pick up Tetris players and we see some cool stuff. And I have insider knowledge, insider knowledge. There might be. There might be a Tetris tournament coming up pretty soon um, put on by all the top Tetris pros that are out there, the Tetris 99 players on, on Twitch. They're going to be doing a uh, like a tournament, um, but it's going to be basically like a in an X amount of time who can get the most KOs. Okay, so it's, it's like a Fortnite-like version that like you just yes. play against randoms and whoever has the best 
score based score. on the yeah, yeah, and presets. This, and the score is going to be like, I think a KO is one point, And if you get a, like a victory royale, it's worth like 10. Um, so Ooh. it should be exciting. It's pretty cool. What do they call Victor Real or like, uh, you know, a champion, like Apex champion or whatever? What do you call that in Tetris? What's it called? I think it's called Boom Tetris. I don't know what it's called in. Yeah, what's it? What's like? What's that actually called? Because I feel like you know, it's like winner, winner, chicken dinner and stuff like that, right? Like, I mean, Victor. I don't know. I I think it just says like victory. Like, I don't yeah. think okay. there's like a meme name for it. There's, not a, there's a name for it. Okay. No, I mean, everyone calls it like a victory royale or whatever, kind of like that. They all call it the other things, but it's his own thing. And I don't know. I'm still amazed at how big Tetris 99 is. And I actually have my Switch charging right now. And I downloaded it this morning before I went to work. So I'm going to play some for the first time tonight. I'm actually excited. I've been always been bad at Tetris, but I, I just have to be a part of it because I feel like it's just too big not to. It's kind of like Dylan finally playing Apex Legends. I he, did. I played the other night. I was awful at it. I don't know how to aim in any first-person shooter that's not Halo 3. So, uh, yeah. Um, I mean, even in Overwatch, I, that's why I play all the non-aiming heroes. I play Junkrat, I play Reinhardt. I don't oh need boy. Don't, don't say that too loud over here. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think the, my favorite part of this whole kind of little article here was the announcement video. I just, I feel like that, that those kind of things are great, especially for Tetris 99, because, I mean, it's not a huge esports scene, but I think they got a lot more attention than they would have otherwise if they just posted a picture of them. I think doing that video and I think kind of finding creative ways to bring attention to yourself, especially in smaller esports, if you want to consider this, there's no real competitive scene at this point, but he's just a god-tier Tetris player that is being sponsored by a team, more or less. I just, I don't know. I enjoyed it. He is considered the best Tetris player, at least in Tetris 99 right now. Like, even some of the top players are like, oh, no, like, he's, like, the best. He was on a 53-game win streak when I was watching him on Twitch earlier this week. How does yeah. that happen? How, how does that happen? He's so beat? good. That's he is nutty. so good. Well, yeah, it's like the skill difference between, like, uh, a ch- like any chess grandmaster and, like, anyone who just plays chess. Like, it's Plebs. it's like like the, the skill gap is so huge, and you're playing with a bunch of people who, like, to be fair, like, don't know what they're doing. You're playing against a bunch of Andrews. I could beat you. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. This okay, year. that's right. Pax East, one, what is it? 22 one days, day. and me and Dylan will be together making content for the first time ever. And that will be so hype. But we'll talk about that more as we get a little closer to Pax East, where he's just started making those plans. But I kind of want to move on to, unless anything else to say about either one of the Tetris news, I think it was just kind of more fun uh, kind of thing to touch on. But kind of a bigger deal that happened is... Nike signed an official deal with the LPL. And we've seen a lot of clothing brands. We've talked about a lot in the past. But as Jamie and James were talking about a little bit earlier in the show, I mean, LPL is probably one of the biggest regions for League of Legends, if not the biggest. I think as far as, like, sheer teams and stuff like that, because they're split into, like, two regions too, yeah. right? Like, they have, like, an East and a West conference. So there is so – like, the, the, the amount – like – the sheer number of players, because the LPL is also notorious for having like these massive ten man rosters. Like in like this isn't just like one like it's kind of like a meme in NA, but like in the LPL they, they have this massive massive team, and all these guys are going to be rocking Nike. Yeah, I mean, and by all these guys, he means literally anyone that is in the arena that is not a fan on that day has to be wearing it. Team managers, players, coaches, referees. Um, 
I wouldn't even be surprised if some of the more technical staff had to kind of wear it. Anyone that is public yeah. viewing probably has to wear Nike, which I think that's really extensive. I mean, especially for esports, I think usually you kind of just see them partner with teams and the teams always wear and all that kind of stuff. But I think that's crazy. And something I want to kind of bring in too on top of it is we never mentioned it. I think this was last week, though. But uh, Champion, uh, the clothing brand, sponsored all of the in-game jerseys only for the 2K League. So for this season, yeah, yeah. all of them will have Champion on it. So I think they're very similar topics. Um, different scales, different esports, obviously. But I don't know. I just... Clothing brands are getting much more thing, and it sounds like there's going to be actual clothing lines based off of Nike LPL that we've started seeing already, too, coming out of this deal. So I think it's hype. I th- I don't know. I love seeing brands partnering with this. Yeah, I just hope they get away from, like, the like the LPL, for whatever reason, is notorious for having, like, red, white, and black. We, we talk about it all the time in, like, the Overwatch League when we were talking about branding and stuff like that. But, like, the LPL, like, if you guys want to see the epitome of those three colors, like, put through their paces... That's where you see it, man. So I'm hoping we get a bit of variety with Nike jumping in there. Maybe they'll want to make the teams like a bit more like identifiable for each one, but a lot of them rock the same colors. Like it's crazy. I mean, they look good. I don't know. I yeah, look- like I mean, oh, that's just that they work, right? So I mean, like, why, why, why break it? So- and and I think the big difference with that, I know this is kind of very off topic of what we're talking about here, but in the Overwatch League, when you have the two teams playing against each other, when you have the Defiant and the Rain playing against each other, what you had it was two off tones of red. Up on the stage, this team skins looked very similar, even though sure there's home and away. Imagine if it was last year, but it's a little different. The LPL because that's just branding, and the branding yeah. obviously means a lot outside of it. But each one has their own little segment, and sure they don't stand out a lot up on the big screen. But it doesn't matter as much there versus in-game skins. If every team was red in-game, it'd be kind of uh, bad. But yeah, yeah, I like yeah because I mean like if, Le- if League adopted something that like. Season one Overwatch did, especially for the LPL, It'd be a nightmare, man. It'd be ridiculous. But that being said, don't doesn't like Overwatch League like do like it's like a spectator thing. Like that's why they do that, or is that like do each player actually rock those colors? No, they're like no, yeah. I think how it works is that that that's an actual skin that they're wearing and that they just okay, okay. They can choose like at the beginning of the game, just up in the top right corner, because each. Each program, I, I, I was learning about this when we were watching it all day, that each player has their own hard drive that they just plug in on the computer, and then it just has all their settings saves, it has like their player name saved, and all that kind of stuff, their number. So that's how they do that over there, which I thought was really kind of cool. That, but, that actually makes 100% sense. Like, yeah. if you actually think about it, that like you, especially in like a league format that's like so like rigid and stuff, that just like, here's your hard drive you're going to be playing Overwatch on everything with this. Like, that totally makes sense. Like, you bring your keyboard, your mouse. Well, especially for quick subs, for... I mean, you can play on any computer, any stage. I mean, either side of the stage, or even if you do away games, you still want those same exact settings. So you just bring a little hard drive, plug it into the monitor, and it kind of works out. So that's kind of technical, but we're, we're getting way off topic. We're talking about the technical aspects of overwatch league when we meant to be talking about nike and the lpl so i guess i don't have too much really to add about it james but what yeah i mean what are your kind of opinions yeah. on it i mean like I, I i like i'm always a huge supporter of like big name sponsors getting in there like when like mercedes sponsored these guys and stuff like that so i think it's uh i think it's a really good thing um i'm excited to see like if they do individual team lines if they do anything crazy like that or if it's very like generic-esque stuff that we can kind of see with like traditional sports I don't know. I don't know how crazy they're going to get with it with the LPL. Um, I'm hoping for some creativity. 
But I know with like these like le- like league wide signings, like it's always kind of up in the air. It was kind of cool when we had Uzi and we only had Uzi because it was like, oh, it's all going to be Uzi specific. But now like every player under the sun, even the subs are going to have like, uh, but you know, like we're going to have this apparel, like we said. So I mean, like I don't know, I don't know what to expect from it. I I think maybe we don't even see it. Maybe we just see like team based stuff and that's it, right? Like, oh, I'm, I, yeah, like, I'm sure fanatics. it'll be. That and I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if it was even just kind of larger branding than even team. Sure, each team will probably get its own logo T-shirt with a little check mark on it. Otherwise, it'll just probably be LPL stuff. Yeah, maybe a couple yeah, long yeah. sleeves. I I mean, it'd be cool if they do full clothing lines. They didn't really talk too much about it, but you never know. I mean, it all depends on. I mean, so Nike signed a deal with a Chinese partnership that signed a deal with the LPL. So it's really how interactive that middleman. That just kind of yeah. manages the Chinese side for Nike really wants to be. I mean, they could make a full clothing line if they think they make money. Otherwise, they'll just say, hey, we just want it on screen because there's a lot of people coming each week, a lot of people watching on live streams, and we want to see our check mark on every player, on anyone on screen, and all that kind of stuff. Is And which is worth the money alone, I, I think. But the merch is always a cool positive, depending on how well the parties want to play together. Just as like a final point, so TJ Sport, that joint, like or that like middleman, is a joint venture by Tencent and Riot Games China. So this is like this weird kind of circle that kind of perpetuates itself because like Nike's partnered with TJ, which is owned by Tencent and Riot, which sponsors the LPL. Like I don't know, like this. Well, is, yeah, this and is- Tencent already owns a majority of. Not a majority, a minority share of Riot. They own twenty five percent, something around that too. So I mean, it's already <laughs> it's already very interconnected there. So they they like to keep it in house. So it'll probably I mean, be. I don't blame them. But Dylan, do you have anything to add on this? Otherwise, it's just one of those news stories. Like this is happening. This is cool. This is big. But there's not too much to talk about. Yeah, I'm ready for Tencent just to rule the world. So yeah, <laughs> I mean. They'll 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 have an impact on video games in the next ten years. We've talked about that, so don't be curious to see what they do. But until then, we'll talk about that whenever that comes up. But today, I, I I'm curious to see what you have to say about this game. I feel like this is going to be a very emotional cha- charged uh. topic that came up very last minute, so I have no preparation. But let's talk about Double Lift and Lokodoko, two of the bigger league personalities. Yeah, so for anybody who doesn't know, Loco has been Loco Doco was a previous ex-pro um, who transitioned into coaching roles and who's now made the shift into esports personality. He basically he does this show with like Thorin, who we all know about. Um, basically, and more or less, it's those two plus a guest and Thorin ripping on Loco while Loco tries to give like like good comment. Um, that being said, though, uh, Double Lift, who everybody also knows because we talk about him a fair bit, um, basically kind of like I wouldn't say he went on a tangent and ripped the logo to shreds, but he was he was very very like to the point of like all his like failings and stuff like that. Um, these two, the, like believe it or not, these two were like pl- like teammates back in 2012, back like way way back in old school CLG, like we're talking like Hotshot GG CLG. Um, Basically ripping apart Loco because he doesn't know as much as he wants to sound. He's been fired for every job, which I think is true, um, that he's tried to, like, branch out into esports. And, uh, yeah, just basically ripping apart his knowledge base and how he's trying to basically take over for Travis, who is who is basically the premier esports interviewer for League of Legends. Um, that's the only one I don't, I don't really totally agree with because, like, where I do love Travis and I do love the content he puts out, um, I think... 
I think esports needs more than one person per esport to kind of like, you know, generate content and stuff like that. So I'm not too upset about that. His interviews are crap. Like I've watched them. He doesn't really know how to interview. He just kind of talks to them and he tries to ask these kind of like edgy off the off the cuff questions that he wants to see. Like, you know, he's trying to like, like put the guys like off kilter and stuff like that, where Travis just is trying to give more and more content. Um, but so the execution isn't good, but like, I mean, yeah, like I've never liked local. I've never liked local for the scene. I think he's not productive at all. I mean, I don't care what your knowledge base is. I kind of put him in the same caliber as LS, except LS seems to be a lot more knowledgeable. Uh, LS is a caster for the LCK as well as a coach. He was a coach previously of the BBQ Olivers. Um, so he's, he, they're kind of going for the same shtick of like edge Lord kind of, you know, let's, oh, let's, you know, let's ask these guys kind of sketchy questions and stuff like that. And double just kind of like tore him apart for like all his shortcomings, which I'm so happy about because like, I mean, the dude got fired for like, I think he was making like misogynistic comments to somebody on like the golden guardians, like one of the staff. And we talked, we about talked about that like a yeah. year and a half ago. That was like one of our first, I think that was like the first eight episodes. That was one of it. So yeah, exactly. Right. So like, I mean, he lasted for, I think like four weeks or something like that. And then he got canned. So, I mean, like, and now he's just trying to stay relevant. I don't know. I think double have hit a, like a lot of points and I'm really happy because we haven't had a lot of league drama in a while. So I'm, 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 I've been, I've been kind of itching for some. Yeah. I mean, actually, yeah, we haven't really mentioned talk too much about league of legends because there hasn't been too much going on. The games have been happening. Some team, I mean, hundred thieves hasn't been doing amazing. They had a big comeback this weekend, but even still, like there hasn't been too much going on in league and yeah, this is something, but I guess I kind of want to, kind of bring up a negative side of like what this could be doing to other people. I know double left is very much targeting this at logo doco. Clearly there's tension there. They want to do like that. But I think a lot of people, almost anyone getting into esports, I think some of us, even including me, especially have kind of that imposter syndrome and like, well, my knowledge, maybe my knowledge base isn't good enough to be doing this. Maybe, maybe I really don't have enough experience to be interviewing people and all that kind of stuff. And I think if, People see the number one League of Legends personality calling out someone trying to do it. Sure, he's not a grade A guy and all that kind of stuff, but calling out someone saying, like, you're you're crap because you don't know enough could really kind of have a negative impact on people that want to kind of follow in the steps of Loco Doco or Travis and stuff in the League of Legends community specifically because they're afraid of being called out by Double Lift or other big players. It's kind of the first thing that I actually listen to this kind of scares me because I like the first thing is thought like well, what if I get called out one day for not knowing enough? Like, I, I always try to act as if I know enough, but obviously my experiences are limited. And that's something that I think anyone can relate to and is kind of why I look more to Loco Doco side than Double Lift. I think, I think, oh, you want to you go, Dylan? I know. Yeah, I, I, was just, I was just going to say, I, so I assume that he probably said this because Loco acts like he knows more Initially, and so can't, and can't to, really back it. Yeah, just as you probably context, this was all spawned because Loco has like heavily criticized Double S performance and basically said his support core JJ was carrying him. So that's where this all. Yeah, started. and so like uh, he he comes across as like trying to pretend he knows more than he really does, uh, rather than someone earnestly trying to come up in the scene and and even though they might not know as much, they're trying to learn and trying to grow within it. So that's where I think. Like, if, if you looked at it for context, I think that's the it. But I do agree. I think this could be a little bit off-putting, which, I mean, it happens. Hopefully, it's not off-putting to anyone, but... I think, I think, 
I think this kind of happens in any any field though, where you have somebody who acts arrogant and acts very matter of fact, and then you know, so, and they try and criticize criticize somebody who probably it shouldn't be worth criticizing. Like, let's, like, I need to remind everybody that Team Liquid is they've only dropped one game, and I mean, some of those happen yeah. on the back of double lift, right? Like, I mean, they collectively work as a core, but I mean, like, it isn't just Core JJ picking them up and carrying them to victory. So I like I see I understand why double lift backlash kind of happened. And but and I think it speaks to the person more of Loco Dogo, not so much of somebody trying to be on the come up. You know what I mean? Like, I mean we're like we all kind of fall into that scope of like new east, like attempting to be esports personalities and stuff like that. But like, I think none of us are presenting it the way Loco does, and I think that's the big difference is how you present your knowledge base. You know what I mean? So I think like. I think, and I, I, I'm sure as soon as anybody does research on Loco, you're going to see like, okay, this guy's kind of, kind of a scumbag sometimes. Yeah, and no, and then and I, I knew that. I mean, I know Loco Doko. I've seen some of the interviews and stuff like that. I knew it was very targeted at him, but even still, that it was just kind of like the devil's advocate kind of angle of it. That it's something that everyone fears of, and it actually kind of happening for very specific reasons. But people that may not have the full context could be turned off that. But I completely agree. I mean. Do I know enough to say one person deserved it versus the other one? No. Does Lokodoko seem kind of like a whatever guy? Yeah. So I guess I, I'm not going to make an official stance on it, but I just wanted to kind of bring that angle that that's that's fearful for people that may not have the full understanding of what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah, that's fair. But anything else we want to kind of touch on this? Or I guess the two League of Legends topics kind of brought up. Anything else you want to bring back up here before we move on? Uh, just a little bit of spice to add to our uh, league drama. Um, we actually got to see an on-air fine happen over in the LCK. Um, Ruler called his top laner an SOB in Korean, um, and I like, and they actually got like the audio for it. And when they played it back for the casters, both the casters are like, "Oh, dude, like you can't," because I guess in the context, it's incredibly, incredibly disrespectful. Um, so because he stole his Penta, Roach oh. stole his Penta. And he was not happy about it at all. And there was, oh man, it was good to watch. It was some raw emotion. It was great. So, I mean, yeah, did they like announce a fine on air or anything or just kind of afterwards? <laughs> that, that would have been fun. <laughs> then the caster comes on. Um, we have an official announcement. A ruler has been fined $5,000 <laughs> for this comment and they play it back again. And they play it, yeah. No, I think at the end of it, Atlas was just like, oh, that's a fine. That's <laughs> a fine. <laughs> But, you know, things like that happen, and it's emotional. I mean, yeah, but still, be be careful, especially when you know you're on camera or on comms the entire time. But moving on to the next thing is, I feel like something we haven't talked about since last year, Evo, is the Evo lineup. So I think kind of what I meant to tease at the beginning of the show, still, I'm sure you'll talk about the full lineup, but obviously something's missing. And what do you think about that? Yeah, so it's time to enter into Dylan's FGC beatdown corner where I'm just going to talk for 15 minutes straight, basically, about fighting games because I got a lot of stuff to talk about with Evo. Oh. Anyone did who I sign up for this? Oh, I, yes. I, you I'm did. ready. Buckaroo yeah, and Buckaroo. So anyone who hasn't seen the lineup, this is Project Esports officially announcing Evo's official announcement. We have Dragon Ball Z Fighters. Very good. Normal. A very good fighting game. I love it. Street Fighter V. Terrible fighting game, but yeah, it's Street Fighter. It has to be here. Tekken 7. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul Calibur 6. Okay, fair enough. The new Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 11. Expected. 
Blaze Blue Cross Tack in Battle. Eh, it's new a fighting game, but yeah, sure. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yeah, it's a new it's a new one. People are liking it. Heck yes. Samurai Showdown. It's an old fighting game, so not uh, so people might not know this. It's actually an old fighting game that they're bringing back. Um, no one plays it yet because I don't even think it's out. No, it uh, comes out like 18 days before Evo, I believe, or yeah. about a month out from Evo. Yeah, but it is a 2D fighter, so like a lot of skills can transfer over, and you know, it, it you know how to play fighting games, you know how to play fighting games. Um, OG but people, Showdown was fun as hell, man. Yeah, but, Showdown was great. Yeah, so people won't have like a lot of experience with it, but yeah, sure. And then um, the last one is Undernight and Birth, which I personally love. I love Undernight and Birth. But the weird thing is, this is an old game. This isn't new. So I don't know why it's here. This is like a 20, like 16, 17 game. It's like an anime fighter. It's really good. It's a really, really good fighter. It's hype. But like no one has played it in like three years, really. And so the big thing is that Melee is not on this list. That's the big deal. So I want to push over to you boys because you guys actually know an okay amount, uh, an okay amount about uh, Super Smash Bros. And especially Andrew, like you, you know a bit. This is the part of the FGC that you know about. So, party <laughs> game. Yeah. How do you guys feel about this? Because I mean, personally, I'm I'm not into Smash, so like I don't have a big opinion on it. So, old games, old. We, I mean, what they designed, okay, I understand that there are people that play Melee and Melee only, and that the Melee community is very upset about this. But forever now, there has been split above the community between Melee and Brawl, pretty much. It's been what it up. They had the four issues last year. I think just making everyone move to one game is going to be the best for the Smash community. It'll get the best support from Nintendo, because, like, okay, our entire community... One game. Great. We're not going to have the problems with the evil thing because the melee players that obviously take it super seriously, some of them will come over to Ultimate. The four players, the brawl players, everyone will be on one platform. So that whole case lab last year of these two people that didn't really care hopefully won't happen again because all the serious Smash Bros. players are in one game and one game only. I think this is going to fix some of the problems in the Smash community from what I understand. I know players are upset that play only melee because they are melee players but old games old this time to move on and focus on turning this into one game and a real scene well okay so the problem i have with that it's like people who play starcraft going to it they're different games and like even someone who doesn't have like a like a really good experience with with smash these are actually different games they're very different they play very differently i know it's smash like you think smash smash it's really not but okay but i mean there are changes but i'm not street fire may not be as much but tekken and mortal kombat have changes every single generation we don't see mortal kombat 10 and 11 being no, played no, it's it's the the changes aren't that dramatic though like 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 it's really a, a different type of game and how it's, it feels and how it's fluid it's it's very different it, it's like saying tekken and, and street fighter are the same game when they're very different or oh yeah exactly or like or dota and league of legends like you're never going to be able to say that right but that's the cross comparison age is just an, an, an unfortunately like a side factor to this as well they're still very different games um because i mean if melee was kept quasi up to date in its current model it would be considered the league of legends to dota but it's not right because the game 
was no longer updated. Now that, be, but it's still a totally, totally different game. Yes, but like it's still under one brand. And if Overwatch Two ever comes out, there's not going to be an Overwatch League for Overwatch League One and Overwatch League Two. I understand they're totally different games, but when these games develop, like I don't, I understand it's a bad take. A lot of people are not going to like this, but I just think. For the good of the overall Smash community, focusing on one game, the ultimate game, and it's Smash Ultimate, it's meant to be the one game. I understand that probably, from what I'm reading so far, it's more towards Brawl than Melee, and that's going to upset people, because those two have always had very different. But I just think, for the good of the community, I know the FGC is very different, but focusing on one game is good. That's what every other fighting game does. No, but the thing is, is they're not one community. There's actually two communities. Like the melee community and the ultimate community are actually different. The, the, there's not a lot of crossover. Some people have gone through the different games and switch over. And there's, I'm sure there's even melee players who, when this game came out, switch from that all the way to ultimate rather than playing the ones in between. But that's only but on the different. player side. On no, the fan they side, do. they don't care. Yes, they do. Oh, yes, they, they do, do, my dude. It's they the same thing. Care. They highly, yeah. highly care. And 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 the thing is, is this isn't an official Nintendo event. It's not like we're arguing like. Should Nintendo be uh, like sponsoring Melee or Ultimate? This is a, a tour, like the biggest fighting game tournament that is put on basically for the fans. And you have you have games in there that like Under Night and Birth, like uh, that might had like an update, but like people just love that game and that's why it's there. And so like the point is is like Melee should be in there because people are gonna watch it, people love it, and people are gonna play it. I agree with that. And but that's just it. they're they're kind of killing. They're killing their viewership by taking taking this off the roster. You know what I mean? Like, and and I don't want and, and this is this is nuts because I don't like Smash and I have to be the Smash <laughs> defender here. No, with, with okay, games. I agree at Evo. Okay, I'm talking about Smash as a whole. I think this whole three different community things for one game series is not should not be a thing. I understand that it is. I understand. I agree at Evo that they should not have removed Melee. Because I do understand that there is the hardcore crowd and Evo is the competition, the conference, the whatever you want to call it, for the fans. But I think overall, as a community, should lean more towards one game and stop separating communities. No, what is, what do is, the what do three smaller communities gain versus one bigger one? No, honestly, I think you know, StarCraft had its day. Just go to League of Legends forehead. Like, yeah. why have two Poggers? different esports? Just, just combine the esports, forehead. You know what, dude? Like, why, why? Watch no, but they put down like StarCraft One. But the difference is no, no. The difference is what you're saying is that the communities should make themselves come together because Nintendo doesn't support these games. Nintendo doesn't care about esports really. Like, sure, they'll have their one-off. Like, hey, we did this one wacky event that's kind of cool, I guess. But like, everyone who plays Smash in all the different variants of it, played at major tournaments that aren't even put on by Nintendo. They're put on by the community because that's how the FGSC is run. It's run by the community rather than big corporate sponsors like Nintendo. Fine. I'll agree with that. Nintendo is making changes, but they're never going to focus it. But going back to the StarCraft 1 thing, 90% of the community did move on from 1 to 2, except for the hardcore percentage. Yes, there's always the hardcore community. Two years though, it but that's okay. They still moved on. Melee came out in like 2006. It's been 12 years. Yeah, and but the reason why they moved on is because it's such a highly skill-intensive game, 
and all the players got too old to play it anymore. And that's why they switched out. They they, they basically aged out. So why isn't Melee different? But but also StarCraft 1 and 2 is is, is more closely related than than Melee and Ultimate ever will be. Like like the, the how similar one like Brood War and Two are, I would say they're very different games too. Like I I think they're very different, but they're more closely related than than the two Smash games. There's the two Smash games are so different. They you you should consider them different fighting games completely. I don't I mean, know enough. The, the thing the thing is too is that it's not and like that's just it. It doesn't matter if like the corporation doesn't recognize it, the community refuses to. And the community is big. You know what I mean? The community is huge. And they, they're they not going to let this amalgamation happen because, believe it or not, like, a lot of people get introduced with Smash, like, in, like, the like Nintendo 64 and stuff like that because it's nostalgic and stuff like that. Their older brothers get it, or their older sisters get them into it and stuff like that. So these games are going to perpetuate much more than games with online communities because they're so, they're so like, in-house. You know what I mean? I'm gonna yeah. stop talking on this topic. So, so hot take, hot, hot take. Andrew hates the Smash community. Just conform, you lose. I'm exhausted from that, Andrew. <laughs> You've exhausted me. So let's let's move on to the the registration numbers. So I have straight from the source, <laughs> Mr. Wiz himself, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Wizard himself. Uh, as of two days ago, um, he posted this, that the registration scoreboard is as followed. First place, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Eh, that, that makes sense. Second, Tekken 7. Third, Street Fighter 5. Fourth, Mortal Kombat 11. Fifth, Soul Calibur 6. Sixth, Under Night and Birth. Seven, Samurai Showdown. Eighth, DBZ Fighters? Oh, oh I take it's not Wait. that great of a game. That's insane. And then ninth is Blaze Blue Cross Hack and Battle. And also, I did hear what you said, Andrew. I'm just ignoring you. <laughs> but yeah, it is. Those the numbers the decide. Game. Ultimate DBZ. I Well, okay. Well, Wait, hold up. Okay, what side are you that's on? That's different. <laughs> it's different communities, first of all. Second of all, I would like to see any Smash player try to play DBZ Fighters. That's that's not my place. Well, we're gonna watch Sonic Fox do it. Sonic Fox is gonna win the entire tournament. No, three. I, I here. I'm doing a prediction king. I want to do oh. prediction king right now. Okay. Um, Sonic Fox is going to place top eight in, I believe, three of these. I think he's gonna place uh, top eight in three of these. Um, it's gonna be Mortal Kombat, Dragon Ball, and what else you're opening him into? Mm, Blaze Blue. Yeah. Yep. He's gonna place top eight in three of them. I'm gonna up the right ante here. and say four. What's the fourth one then? You gonna pick a fourth one? Yeah. Samurai. Samurai Showdown. Samurai okay, Showdown. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah. Clip it. Clip it, boys. This is it clip right it. here. Clip it. Um. Uh, but yeah, no, I really do think he's gonna get at least three top eights because, um, going back, he actually one of the first games he started at was Blaze Blue. He's a really good Blaze Blue player. Um, but that's been overshined by his Mortal Kombat, his Injustice, and obviously his Dragon Ball Fighters skills. Let's go to Evo. I wish. Let's, I want to go to Evo now. I have Evo's, I have no idea what's going on, but the only way for me to be learn or be 
beaten up by melee players as a go to Evo. I'm gonna walk. I'm gonna walk around and show the clip of you ripping on the melee community and just wait for people to jump you. It's gonna be. I know. I, I kind of stopped talking because I'm not afraid of any backlash I might get because of that. Because everyone in the chat has been saying bad takes, bad takes. I'm not gonna lie. I think that's one of the worst takes I've heard us say on Project Esports. Before. Clip it and ship it, boys. Check it Clip out. Clip it and it. ship it. But moving on, because we have spent a very long time on this, we actually have a couple more articles. I want to just very briefly do our podcast from the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Project Esports, our favorite and only podcast from the podcast, where we talk about all things Overwatch almost each and every week. But really, this week, I just want to say one thing support tier two Overwatch. And. Yeah. Not one of us can pick a te- good team to win forever. And the worst part is, I'm like, okay, Valiant is going to great. So I need a second team to kind of cheer for and be that. So, Paris Eternal. Soon, old Valiant player. They lose the very first game I cheer for them. <laughs> I'm cursed. That's great. You are cursed, man. But you know, you, you know going, what the best part is? You know what, what the best part is? Who's sitting the top of the three of us? The only team who's with the win. Who, who's got 18th? Who's got 18th? This guy. 18th, 19th, 20th. Oh my god, we are curses. I don't know who to treat. I kind of want to jump on the Titans bandwagon, but like, I don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like, like as like an additional. Yeah, but, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the charge, but we're not here to talk about who we're liking and all that kind of stuff. There, I just want to mention tier two is going on. It's on a couple days a week. I can't think of exactly what on. I know it's on Monday nights for the NA at least. It's actually going on right now during the Project Esports. So as soon as we finish, make sure to go in and tune over and watch all of them. But really support tier two Overwatch. There's so many players working their butts off there. It's very similar to what we're doing. Everyone's working off their butts in their own way, and tier two Overwatch is the place that a lot of Overwatch pros are trying to make it. So do go and support that. Cheer teams on, find your favorite, all that kind of stuff. But that does conclude our Project Esports podcast, our favorite and only podcast within a podcast. So I am going to hand it back over to Dylan. Hopefully he doesn't talk for another 45 minutes because this time it's about Hearthstone. Yeah, so I can. I won't talk for that long as long as there's no more bad takes or anything. I'll just, I'll just go for it. Um, so the big news with Hearthstone is that it's uh, it's time for a new standard. So basically what they do is every year there's a new year. This year is Year of the Dragon. Ooh. And so what that means is all the cards from the past like two years, like two, like two years older, like older than two years, all those cards are taken out of standard um, and the card pool shrinks again. And there's basically all the new cards coming out will just go right into standard. So this is very exciting because a lot of times with Hearthstone, what happens is certain decks form up and new expansions basically just reinforce those decks a lot. That's that's usually what happens unless there's big nerfs and buffs and stuff like that. But what the weird thing is, is this year, uh, two cards, two very big cards, Gen Greymane and Baku the Moon Eater are being taken out early. Now, the issue with these is I, I, I love these cards. So the cards, each of them are, are an even and or even an odd card. The one is if you put only even mana cards, you get a certain buff to your hero power. The same thing with the other for odd card or odd mana cards. This is really cool because it's like a deck building challenge. The only issue is these cards are incredibly strong. Turns out if you make your hero power even better, it's amazing. Who would have known? <laughs> um, so Brian Kibler released a video a couple weeks ago. He's a big uh, Hearthstone personality. And he was like, these cards are obviously broken. Here's some fixes we can do with them. And one of them, he was like, 
just remove him from standard. And of course, apparently he's working for Blizzard for free because Blizzard was like, hey, that's a good idea, Kibler. <laughs> We're just going to remove it a year early. This oh, hasn't no. been done before. This hasn't been done before, so it's a pretty big deal. Usually what they do is if there's a card that's too strong and it gets removed from standard, if they want to just remove it completely, they put it in the Hall of Fame, which means it can't be played in like anything. Isn't um, like a Tower Eater or whatever just go there now? No, I, no, I don't think so. Um, but I know like um, natural naturalized it. I think I think that's yeah, just right there. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's some cards that just go into the Hall of Fame, and they're just cards you can't play with really anymore. Um, but this is a kind of a big deal because this sets a new precedent, and also. It, there's a whole other like list of like issues that go into this and like some of their design philosophies, which you want to hear all about it. You can head over to poppedoff.com and check out my article, A Letter to Hearthstone. I'm right, go into more depth with that because uh, I think it is really interesting because they're doing terrible things with Hearthstone and they need to stop doing it. I respect the plug. I have no idea what else you talked about, but I respect the plug as always, Dylan. But. Um, I think we have one last thing to kind of talk about before we get to our honorable mentions tonight. So, James, I'm going to hand that over to you to catch us up in IEM. Oh, I'm taking IEM. Okay, I can take IEM. That's fine. Um, so, oh, yeah, IEM Katowice, which I learned how to say it. Um, Wait, how do you say it? Legends was the word. Katowice. Katowice? Katowice. I believe Katowice. it's Yeah, it's in Poland, isn't it, Dylan? I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hub of esports. The oh. hub, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there was, uh, that's where they had the CSGO, ma- I think it was a major, I think that's what they called it. Yeah, so we got to see. <laughs> <laughs> this is your topic. <laughs> this isn't my topic, this is Dylan's topic. Dylan, this is, Dylan assigned this because he actually watched clips and I didn't, I just knew, I just knew how, how dominant of a performance Aspilus had. So for anybody who doesn't know, Astralis is like one of the like a like super old esports org. They've been in CSGO since like the dawn of time. Um, yeah, so basically they showed up and put on like this crazy performance, uh, similar to what I mentioned G2 did a couple weeks ago in Rainbow Six, and wiped the floor with Ents esports. It was kind of sad. But Ents fully embraced the fact they knew they were going to get smashed because they walked out to what, Dylan? Easy for Ents. The, the meme itself, they walked out to it. Yeah, they knew they were going to get wiped, and they did. They got wiped. Oh, it was 2-0. It was a 2-0 uh, match. Um, but the venue, the event, the hype, like, everything else was just, like, they did, like, the performance didn't matter because, like, the event was so well done that, like, it that carried the fact that it was, like, a shutout. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, chat loves it. So, I mean, like. I mean, they were good matches, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was a couple other things I want to bring up about this. Um so uh Zipex, I think that's how you pronounce his name, Zipex. Yeah, he had a super clutch 1v2. There's like clips out there, like if you go to ESL, um, I because that's who was hosting this I am was ESL. So if you go to their ESL, I think it's ESL underscore CSGO, go to their top clips and check it out because it is nuts. It's just like a super awesome like 1v2 clutch, and like everyone's popping off after it. It's really great. And what makes this whole story just like really good is that Dupree, his father actually passed away right before the tournament, which normally that would just ruin a player for that, that whole tournament. But he like, he just really kept it together and he played his best and the whole team did really well and he won and stuff. And there was this big emotional speech where he was like, 
yeah, my dad, you know, really supported me and stuff. And he really wanted me to go on and win this tournament. And, and he was like getting all teary eyed. And of course the host is like, he's getting all teary and the, the whole crowd is just like crying at this point, but it's, it was really good. It's a really good story. And I, I know that's a big meme with, with, uh, with, with esports and storylines and stuff like that, but this was a really good one. It was really emotional and they were good games. So, I mean, the, you can't really complain, especially when it's CSGO. Cause exactly. like, you don't, yeah. Well, just, and like, it, like it, this speaks to the resiliency and how split communities for different sport, or like different games, actually all work. FPSs are sometimes different, Andrew. CS:GO and Rainbow Six—they're not the same, but they have big communities. But they're different games. Ah, but they're in the same—they're in the same genre, so they should have the same. Community. I don't care about the genre. It's under the same series. When Rainbow Six Two comes, Rainbow Six Siege Two comes out. I expect the community to migrate. I don't think it will. I think Rainbow Six is too dynamic in its current. State. That's what I mean. But if it ever did, like Overwatch Two, who knows that shit thing too? But if any of these big games had a two, they would change over to two. There, there never will be with any of these big esports. I, I think we're past um, title. Wait, wait, Call of Duty. They have a new game that comes out every single year. There's no sure people had fond memories of it, but there's no the hard same game. They're that's literally not the true. Same game. That is not true. Movement between some games. If you go play Advanced Warfare and Movement, some of those those are two different games. Okay, now hold up, hold up. Let's talk. Let's talk about Call of Duty for a second, real quick, real quick, because I know we're getting a little pressed on time. What killed Call of Duty? I think it was the movement. I think when they switched that crazy ass wall jumping stuff away from like Modern Warfare Two, that killed it. But that killed I'm it completely. So let's not let's not even bring them up. Plus, console gamers, right? Console. Console gamers, Omega Lol. You're both walking a fine line here. <laughs> fine line. Do not install my PS4. But that is kind of wrapping it up. I'm not going to dive back into that conversation. We spent enough time on that today. But that is going to wrap up a lot of our big stories. Do any of you guys have any honorable mentions that weren't really show worthy? What do you wanted to bring up kind of today? I'm going to hit you with two real quick. One, Apex Legends, probably one of the like quickest popularity rising uh, BRs. And they're really forcing it to be an eSport. Um, has now hit 50 million players. Which is it's pretty a big deal, I think. I think that's uh, I think that's definitely noteworthy. Honorable mention. Uh, the other thing, and it is a niche, and it has a niche following. It has a niche market. But the two K draft happens tomorrow. Oh, that's uh, tomorrow. That's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna be hype. It's gonna be actually hype. I'm really excited to see what they do from last year's format to this year. Um, we see how much production goes into it. Because again, season one is usually very very like you know a little rocky and stuff like that but it seems like they've got their stuff sorted out and i'm really excited for like the production value and what they do because they do treat it like a traditional sports draft um there's a couple players that are actually a part of the uh, the draft that i also ch- checked up uh had some interviews with them on poppedoff.com you can see them as the top two uh crown king um and uh, sdl2la both great dudes great guys to talk to they're both a part of the they made the top 150 uh sdl is a previous player for bucks gaming and Crown King had quite the uh, quite the come up story to make it for draft this year. So go ahead and check those out. Always plugging. And do you know why we're always plugging? Because today 
We launched poppedoff.com. So we talked about this a little bit on last week's episode for any of the Twitch viewers that did not do that. Um, poppedoff.com is kind of the larger media brand that we're starting. So obviously we're still doing Project Esports. Nothing has changed. But we also all are starting to write articles. We're trying to bring in another podcast, which we signed one today, which we will announce very soon. We have a couple of writers. So we're doing a lot of stuff and helping content creators kind of start like us, kind of build up a community there from there. So checking out poppedoff.com does mean the world to us because it's something new. We're really proud of what we've done so far and we're hopefully going to create new content. Saying that, as you can probably notice right now, we are on twitch.tv popped underscore off, which means we no longer have affiliate status, which means we need to get back on that push. So if you can push that heart button in the top right corner, I think we are so close one or two followers off from hitting that 50 so that we can reach affiliates. So if you can do that, that would mean the world. I know I kind of messed up with our normal intro, but I really do want to thank each and every one of you for tuning into Project Esports today. It's my turn. Yep, it's your turn. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, guys, we've had a ton of interaction in the chat, and I really, really appreciate it, especially where we've moved to like our new our new platform and stuff. This has been greatly, greatly appreciated. So many people followed over. Uh, that means, of course, we did update our social media platforms and stuff. So by all means, go check those out on uh, twitter.com slash popped underscore off. We actually be able to be able to snag that one. And uh, yeah, just go check out the website because we 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 kind of busted our asses, especially Andrew. Huge shout out to Andrew. Andrew worked many tireless hours to kind of do this. Like, I mean, he made me he made me and Dylan look bad, to be entirely honest. Like he he, he worked his ass off. So by all means, guys, go and weigh on it, re- retweet it, reblog it. Well, we, I appreciate the hell of it. I know these two do. And we go live. Every single Monday, 6.30 Eastern Standard Time, right here at twitch.tv slash popped underscore off. And you can also find the VODs um, at youtube.com slash popped off. Not a thing yet. We're not that high yet. You'll find the YouTube channel on Twitter, the best place to find that. We'll link that, all that kind of stuff. It's going to be there, I promise. And if you listen to the best version of this, the audio version, it's on everything. It's on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Podbean, Pod Library, Pod Memes, everyone. Like whatever is out there, whatever pod is out there, we're on that. And that goes live every Tuesday morning. So you can get that for your community. With that, I am Andrew. I'm James. And I'm Dylan. Remember to always rise up, gamers, and we will see you next Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv pop underscore off. I love each and every one of you. I will see you guys then.